The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 430. I do think, possibly, maybe, maybe, for the benefit of the folks on the live stream, we weren't muted. And you might have heard Tom uh, pledge his allegiance, as he always does, uh, to the fucking uh, MDK, right? Motherfucking MDK <laughs> all motherfucking day. Shout out to MDK. Yeah. All MDK affiliate members. Shout out to the king of that shit motherfucking nick gage god of this shit mother and yeah, shout nick, out gage. to the newest member of mdk the motherfucking dog of this shit jelly huh check out nick gage's instagram he has a new puppy it makes me happy anything that makes nick gage happy should make you happy and nick gage is the motherfucking man speaking of instagram there's an account you should follow on instagram called fuck your mama two times right that is F U K Y O M O M M A two X. And uh why should you follow that? Because they're awesome. Uh but also uh that is a friend we we know and love dearly here in the Table Nation is Jeffrey Sills, uh who is the beer sponsor of the week. Was kind enough to donate us some uh, beer cash. And uh Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says, Good evening, gentlemen. Still dealing with this flood. We got almost twenty-six inches of rain between yesterday and today that's that should be illegal that's, that's too much rain. that's a that's two dick sizes for uh jeffrey sills yeah you know what i mean that is yes so. yes so listen if you want to be the beer sponsor of the week we've got ways you can donate we've got new exciting stuff to talk to you about as well regarding the spanish announce table um but uh the the beer sponsor of the week you just go to our website spanishannouncetable.net there's a donate button even if you're on the youtube there's a donate button you can go there you can give us some money tell us hey go pick up some beer we also have a cash app spanish announce table so please hit that up uh tom i went uh because yours i think is is a, a little more interesting i went and picked up casey beer co's fountain city wheat uh because Ooh. i know jeffrey sills loves hearing about kansas city the home of the kansas city chiefs who won the super bowl and if you didn't know, Kansas City is also the city of fountains. I know you know this, Tom. And uh, so Fountain City Wheat, I decided to pick up. All proceeds go to, the I think, the local charity that helps kind of keep all the fountains uh, uh, running all together and kind of on the same page. City of Fountains, most fountains per capita, uh, or second most, second only to Rome in the world, Tom. Kansas yeah. City. Yeah. City of Fountains. Hey, so I will tell you my story of my beer sponsor yes. uh, of the week and the beer I chose. So the, obviously the beer sponsor, as we've already said, Jeffrey Sills, he has put his uh, podcasting faith in us. Mm. And in doing so, he has inspired me to take a chance, right? Mm. When someone believes in you, it gives you more of an effort to go and broaden your horizons. Right. So I went risks. outside of the box mm -hmm. and I got Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Skull. If you're on the YouTube, you already see it. Double IPA. Double now, IPA. I was told that this is a special run. This is not something that's going to be in stores for that long period of time. So get it while supplies last. Yeah. And so I have decided to pick this up. And I have also decided to try it as I try most things live on air I, I so we're gonna feel, see what this is like i feel like that would be like you just bit into a mouthful of peppercorns let's see here we go black can black yeah. heart let's see what happens
Ooh, that's good. All right. Again, well, yeah. So well, I'm an IPA guy. Yeah. That's the other thing. I like IPAs. Some people are pussies and don't. That's fine. Um, that's okay. Some people, you know, aren't aren't uh, adults. Some people have baby mouth, and that's fine. Um, I don't. I like IPAs. I've never had a double IPA, so that was an interesting mm-hmm. uh, discovery. But I actually like it. So Chris, I'll say a good IPA awesome. is that it's a good IPA, and I'll like if you're like, hey, I got these IPAs. It's a good IPA. I'm gonna drink that good IPA because it's damn good. It's not the one I go for when I'm at the liquor store, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Now, what I'm saying, let me clarify. If if what uh, what I'm saying here is if you're like, hey, I'd rather have gin and tonic i'd rather have a whiskey i'd rather have whatever yes but if you're like i don't want the ipa fuck your baby mouth like grow up you know your taste buds are bitch Mm -hmm. so that's when you need to put some hair on your chest or get that vagina a little bolder and try some new shit yeah women need to also there's not a good phrase you know it's always like man up but like women oh, don't have that. You know, phrase. my wife and her friends started adopting. They were like, they were like, listen, they were like, they always say this guy's got balls. They're like, balls are weak. She was like, you can barely like look at those things. And the guys are doubled over crying. She was like, pussy mm-hmm. squeeze a baby out. She was like, fuck you. I'm a pussy. You're just a set of balls. <laughs> they were like, they would degrade you. You know, she was like, I'm flipping the script on him. She was like, anytime somebody's yeah. being, being weak, I'm calling them a set of balls. well i like it yeah Yeah. get that big pussy energy then you know what i'm saying that's what we're saying women (laughs) maybe i should tell her she has big pussy Eh, maybe i shouldn't tell her that maybe that's not gonna go so well (laughs) hey Hey, jeffrey sills though i can't thank this guy enough you're going through a flood in in your local area there and 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 you're still taking time and money out of out of your hard-earned wallet there and, and sending us uh, some money to enjoy some beverages because because uh, we're here entertaining you and Jeffrey Sills also is entertaining you and us by being live in the YouTube chat, which you should do. Uh, and you can always hit us up on Twitter later, uh, hashtag Tweet the Table. But if you're live on a Thursday night, got nothing better to do, join us and hang out. And um, I heard Jeffrey Sills is so awesome that cats share photos of Jeffrey Sills on Instagram. I heard, wow, that is actually pretty mm-hmm. impressive. That is impressive. I heard Jeffrey Sills is such an impressive person and such a loving and caring, universally liked human that CM Punk has never complained about him. That, you is, believe equal, that, that is equally as impressive. You believe uh, that shit? Very impressive. Uh, as with all of our beer sponsors of the week, stay tuned uh, throughout the show as we tell you how great they are. So we will speak more on Jeffrey Sills and how great he is. But if you're a longtime fan of this of the Spanish Down Table, if you are in fact a member of the Table Nation, you already know what we just told you, how great Jeffrey Sills is and anybody that would want to be the beer sponsor of the week. But Tom, pro wrestling. Hey, pro yeah. wrestling is happening. It never gets off the train tracks. But with that being said, there is something that is new with us that I did want to just mm. quickly oh, you mention. Want it, yeah. All right. Yeah. So as the social media game is ever evolving and we went from, uh, you know, Napster downloading music to then social media sites like MySpace and Zanga. And then, it's evolved to, yeah. Yeah, and then it's evolved to Facebook and now Twitter. We've also identified that Substack is now a new platform where people can do long form writing. Uh, you can also share on notes similar to a Twitter feed and very so similar on, to a Twitter feed. Yeah. 
And you know, so when this whole joined, well, when this whole Twitter thing came out, everybody was like, "What's a good alternative to Twitter?" And none existed. But I urge you to go check out this uh, Substack notes. But we have joined Substack, as Tom was trying we to say. We have joined Substack. So, so yeah. check us out, Spanish Announce Table on Substack. We already put some content out. Um, if you subscribe to us right now, we currently just have everything free. Uh, we do have some options where we might uh, charge for some premium content, but that should be TBD as of right now. Uh, but but yeah, we got to get a floor first, right? We got to get yes, some content. But if you do subscribe, uh, the great thing that I think about uh, with Substack is not only if you go on the app, you'll see our content, but we will also, if you choose to not send it to spam, uh, you will get an email of our content. So if you're like, hey, I don't have time to check an app, but I checked my email before I start my day. Here's what we had that was that previous day or that yeah. morning. So there you go. I have, honestly, it feels like we've come a little full circle in. I've started to like this idea of the email newsletter in that just what you said, I don't have to remember to like go on Twitter and, oh, what did the Spanish announce table say today or hope it comes up in my feed. I'll get that notification and then yep. I can look at it then if I got the time. Or later, I can be like, oh, yeah, let me pull up that thing and check and it we out. Obviously, and we obviously hope that you will keep us in your email feed. However, if you're saying, look, I get so many emails of, you know, coupons, special deals. I'm a monthly subscriber to this type of, you know, Nike running shoe, whatever it is. And you're like, I don't want more emails. You can still subscribe to our Substack. When you go to Substack, you'll see our content, but you can turn off email notifications and then there you go so again yeah. we hope that you do that but if that is a concern you can obviously change your settings yeah Substack, Spanish but mostly Stadium. it's it's honestly it's helping us out huh? you know jeffrey sills being as great as he is has helped us out with the beer sponsor of the week this is another avenue that folks can help us out and get some fresh content every day like i put out uh plan on putting out a daily kind of rundown of your, of your hottest news items that if you uh, don't have time to check out all the wrestling news sites uh, Tom has been getting into the world of, of wrestling action figure photography, photography, excuse me. And, uh, and, uh, there are some awesome stuff Tom is putting out there, by the way. And so he'll, he'll put that out there. Uh, just all kinds of stuff, a match of the day, right? That Tom yeah, has we're been doing match of the day. And this is the thing right now. We're just doing match of the day. Hey, here it is. Uh, again, as this evolves, which we're hoping it will with your support, uh, you may be getting video links. You may be getting uh, some match recaps from us. You may be getting watch-alongs. Again, that's where we want you to get at the floor level, help us out, establish what we have as a base, and then let's grow from there. And again, Substack, Spanish Announce Table. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Now, we checked out some pro wrestling this week, which got me excited because I love pro wrestling and I love talking about it. We had an AEW Dynamite, which we're going to run down, possibly talk about big AEW rumor. Normally we talk about things that are on screen, but this one is probably the, one of the biggest rumors to have come around in a while. So we feel like we might want to touch on it, but stay tuned for that. Tom, let's do it. Talk about some AEW dynamite. Let's do it. All right. So our AEW dynamite for April 12th, 2023, the year of our Lord took place in a state called Wisconsin. And we'll talk about this probably towards the end of the show. Wisconsin. And if you're from Wisconsin and you're listening, thank you so much. But you guys kind of suck as pro wrestling fans. But that aside, we started off the show with Darby Allen taking on Swerve Strickland. Now, obviously, 
uh, if you've been paying attention to recent AEW programming, you know that Swerve and the Embassy have joined forces, and now he is walking out with Brian Cage and Prince Nana, and the other two guys that he had alongside him are MIA, so we'll see what happens there. But nonetheless, Swerve Strickland is walking out with uh, his new goons, the, the Embassy, and Darby Allen's out there. And these two have a long history. If you've watched any of their past matches in Evolve or any other local promotions that they've kind of uh, beefed at, you've seen their past matches. They put on a good match. They did last night as well. Uh, what did you think of Swerve versus Darby Allen? I like that we got Swerve back, right? Swerve, I think, has a lot of potential. Oh, yeah. I think Swerve... Uh, is just he's he's unique in his presentation right he's he's different than pretty much anything else coming out there all of these attempts to put things around swerve none of them have hit a lot right the embassy i think is better than these two fellas that were coming out with him who were kind of not ready for tv but i mean we didn't you know, we didn't set the world on fire by pairing him with the embassy and just saying they 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 merged here, right? I mean, it's it is what it is, but I just I I don't think we need it. You know what I mean? I think Swerve can kind of get over on his own. I mean, I I get the idea of having a, a gang of folks with you, but I don't know. I yet to be seen here, I guess. I think Swerve is the coolest guy in pro wrestling. I've said that multiple times on this podcast. I've said it multiple times. Uh, when we live tweet during Twitter at table show, we're still doing that while Twitter is alive. Um, and I think he's just the absolute best. Now, with that being said, I think this was the most detrimental thing possible to do to swerve with the embassy as his new faction around him. And the reason why is because if we fast forward to the end of this match, he lost. So your main new guy with the big new faction lost. lost. Yep. And now Darby Allen is good. Darby Allen is not Brian Cutler. It's not, you know, uh, Sean Spears that he's losing to. He's losing to an upper echelon guy. Guy in However, a main event title feud right now. Yeah, exactly. However, and I know AEW isn't necessarily the biggest on Schma's finishes. I, I think, though, they should have done that here. So Brian Cage runs interference. I, again, if I have the pin, the pencil, I make that where the interference happens, a pull apart, and then you get MJF coming out post-match. Swerve Strickland doesn't lose. Darby also doesn't lose. So both guys are okay. And then we move forward to what we'll see in the main event. And then what we see next, as mentioned, MJF walks. To the ring so darby allen picks up the victory with the last supper uh mjf walks out we go to commercial and then mjf gets uh into the ring and he's talking to darby allen and before he could really even say anything darby cuts him off and says hey uh you're a do you like this do you, do you enjoy all are you of happy this? yeah like is this is this yeah. what you wanted because i knew you from many years ago and you said once you get on TV that you're going to be happy, but I still see the same fucking guy. MJF kind of takes a back, like, okay, wait a minute, what little asshole. And MJF, to his credit, starts to put over Darby Allen saying, pound for pound, he's one of the best wrestlers he's ever been in the ring with. <coughs> but then 
he mentions, hey, I got two words over you. Headlock takeover. And oh, man, that just gets under Darby's skin. Then MJF even doubles down and is saying, oh, you doing all this therapy? Did you get that from your uh, daddy daycare sting? And say his name and that motherfucker appears. And here comes Sting. So before Sting comes out, what did you think about the back and forth between Darby and MJF? I liked it a lot. And honestly, I mean, we're going to talk about Sting, so I'll save some of what I've got to say here. But I, I, I really thought what shined here was Darby. Darby, throughout this whole run of this pillar storyline to me, has been putting out his best stuff. He feels entirely relatable, very comfortable in the speaking, just feels very conversational. Um, I can get, I now can see a lot more of the, like, why, like everybody's just like, like, you know, see something of themselves in Darby. Right. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So here, here's though, where I will point out again, before sting walked out that it made a little bit confusing huh? is Darby talks about, Hey, I don't need material things, which great. You shouldn't want or need material things. Now, maybe yeah. you want material things, but if you, you shouldn't need it, right. That's not the basis of your personality, for example. However, if you don't need material things, then the fuck do you want to be the champion for? <laughs> well, that's a that's a pride thing of being identified as the top. But do you understand what I'm saying? He yes. didn't tell that part. He told Correct. us, "Hey, yes, I don't need this stuff." I will say, I'm a person. What I thought really was really good of the Darby thing was that, like, are you happy, man? Like, yes, like, are you happy? Because like you didn't say blah blah blah, right? But then. He lost me a little bit when he went into that, right? Like, I don't need any of this. I, I want to make sure that, like, I bought my family a house because I don't want to, like, you know what I mean? F- you know, whatever the hell he was saying at the end. I was like, so why does that matter in the context of, like, MJF being a dick to you and, and a title match, right? Like, what what does that matter, right? Like, I so you lost me a little bit on that, right? It's like, well, good for you, yeah, but we're talking like about ch- fighting each other over this, right? Like, right. what does that have to do with this? Yeah, that was the part where it's like, well, you feel – it feels very, uh, to me at least, that you're very content. So good for you. Yes. Move Bye. Yeah, yeah. Go shit. get hit by a car skateboarding again then. Get <laughs> yeah. the, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that lost me a little bit. However, as mentioned, MJF said, hey, daddy daycare sting Beetlejuice. is uh, getting, you know, taking yep. care of you. And like we said, you say his name, that motherfucker is going to show up. And here comes Sting. Side note. Can we fucking buy that jacket he's been wearing? That bomber <laughs> jacket is fucking cool as yeah, shit, nice. man. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. And here comes Sting. And honestly, it, you know, Sting has never been the strongest promo. He's one of my all-time favorites. But if we're all being realistic here, you're putting his strongest attributes. Promo isn't going to be at the top right. of that, right? And that's fine. Right. There's plenty of wrestlers whose promo isn't at the top. However, this promo... He leans right into MJF. He's he giving him the business to the point where he even shoots a little and uh, says the man who shall not be named Cody and says, Hey, I'm tired of all of this daycare stuff, all this daycare stuff. I'm tired of this Cody daycare. Oh, yeah. did I say? And like you saw a different personality. It was like the most comfortable we've seen sting. The other point though, that I will say is he mentions how he doesn't have the fire or desire to be champion. However, Darby does. Sure. 
But what that tells me is we have just opened the book and written the first page of Sting retires in AEW. Yeah. So the thing was, I, the Sting promo was good, right? It was good, hyped up. Crowd was really into it. He was, as you said, comfortable, right? And he was kind of, it was almost a, this is my life from Sting, right? Like a rundown of all that. But in the context of the whole story that we've been telling, as I said, I've been thinking for the last several weeks, Darby Allen has been giving me the best work he's been giving me ever. And we didn't need Sting here. It's, it leads exactly into the shit talking MJF was doing because now it became about Sting and MJF. And I was like, oh yeah, Darby's in here. Now, you know what I mean? Like now it was like, these two should fight. Oh, but this is supposed to be about Darby. I will say, this is what I will say in response to that. Because I do understand what you're saying. Is there was a moment where you forgot Darby was even in the fucking ring. One was because he's sitting in the corner, so he wasn't on screen. But yeah, yeah. they were going back and forth. I will say, though, I feel like this was the segment that identified, hey, Sting is in Darby's circle, but he's out of it now. Because he essentially said, "He did say like this ain't me. This ain't my fight. Dog. This, is, this right. is him. Keep right? my name so, out of your mouth. So this ain't our fight, right? Right. I think if we're doing this, and again, we've got a couple more weeks still to tell all of this story. I think Chris Jericho needs to do this for Sammy Guevara because he's also in the corner of Sammy Guevara, and so I I feel." Chris Jericho should do the, Hey, I want the championship, but my time will come later right now. It's Sammy's turn. Sammy's going to take Sammy you needs to prove that this is Sammy and not me. Right. Exactly. Like, Cause that's what sting yeah. said more or less is he can hey, even say Sammy and I, Sammy came to me to say, you know what I mean? Like this is something he's got to prove. And, and I saw when he said that, that he is ready for this level. So he's right. Right. Like right. I need to back off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because Sting essentially said that is, hey, I'm with Darby. I ride or die with Darby. However, this is his fight. I'm stepping aside. Credit to him. Um, so, yeah, then he follows it up with, you know, this is showtime and all the fun stuff. And then we go to break. So, again, a fun segment all around. Great match uh, between Swerve and Darby, yeah. although finish was not great. And then we had this promo. Yeah. Jeffrey Sills earlier said uh, um, he he didn't like that Swerve loss, but he needed Darby to win for the pillar storyline. And he likes the fact that a good wrestler lost on a good pin. So yes, it wasn't like he got chumped out. Right. Agree. Agree. Right. Yes. However, and we'll get to the main event. It kind of cheapens the main event, but we'll get to that when it's time. Again, we go in chronological order. So after the break, we get a squash match. We get very similar to Swerve where it's a black guy with a faction that he doesn't need and Swerve yeah. doesn't need the embassy and powerhouse Hobbs as your AEW TNT champion does not need QTV to be your champion. So I don't hate the idea of powerhouse Hobbs having a gang of folks who are like chumps that everybody else could beat up, but they get over on being the entourage for, you know, I mean the, the, the dude who's really doing things. I don't hate that idea. It It's just like the two, it it seems like they're getting closer to merging those two into that into what that should be, but that's not how they said it when they built it, right? This QTV thing isn't really like you either do the QTV thing or you guys are just, you know, sleaze ball like frat boy jerk offs that are hanging around taking all powerhouse. the shine from powerhouse, right? 
Yeah. Because I, yeah, I feel like the boos are not necessarily for powerhouse. They're for QT Marshall. And I don't think that that's good for powerhouse because the focus should be powerhouse. As you recall, when we were at the AW show a few weeks ago, powerhouse Hobbs is having a very good match with Pinta. However, the first three rows are just talking shit to QT. Yeah. They're not even paying attention would, to the in ring. I would start. I would. I would lessen the like powerhouse. I'm fucking Atlas carrying the world on my shoulder, and I would have this crew like it's his entourage, right? The guys who do all his dirty work, carry his fucking cocaine or whatever. And let's start calling him Big Willie Hobbs, right? Like he's just no, fucking Big no, Willie. He's no. got the fucking yeah, yeah. Look, powerhouse yes, is the, like I, you know. Well, hold on. Well, the name could yeah. be something. You fucking the, yeah. yeah. Throw the name away, but you get the, the, the point. Yes, the gimmick. I'm with you. Right. Big anything other than Big E is true. Fucking yeah. So bad. maybe not big, but yeah. something, right? Like let's get him just even if it's just fucking. You know what I mean? Fucking Willie Hobbs. I don't give a shit, right? Like it doesn't even have to be a fucking nickname something but like the gimmick yes is where we need to be with this right yeah that's where we i think be. i agree with you if if we're gonna do anything if we're keeping qt marshall and they gotta and the be misfits. like clearing fucking paparazzi out of his way right? right they gotta be bringing him girls to the fucking locker room this is right? when powerhouse hobbs needs to be shirtless in a mink coat walking down to the ring and cutie Marshall is kicking the camera and guy. Who out of doesn't the way. like that? That's the coolest. Look, the outside <laughs> promo with Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs is the coolest. Either guy has ever been. Yeah. That's what they need to go back to is fucking that. Right. Yeah, get him in some Timberlands. And yes. A, and like a Have overalls with no shirt and a mink coat. Yeah. A million percent. That's what his fucking t-shirt is. If you didn't know, if you never watched the television, of AEW, and you just look at their T-shirts. That's what you would yeah. say. Powerhouse Hobbs is because Powerhouse Hobbs feels like you're tr- retrying to do uh, Chris Masters, right? Like, and, and we don't. This is that's not what this is, right? And then that's really weird when you tie it to, to QTV, right? Exactly. And QTV is a solid idea. I don't hate QTV. It just doesn't fit that like you're the lackey group for another guy who's not doing that same gimmick, right? So right. like maybe you pause QTV and come back to that later. Mm-hmm. But for now, yeah, you're the entourage, right? I think, yeah, because I think QTV needs to be like this entity that just fucks with everyone, right? And they find that Jungle exactly. Boy might be yes. cheating on his girlfriend, right? And then they might be finding that Pinta lost right. his. They're mask. the GTV, if you will, of yeah, fucking, yeah, because that's what TMZ is, and that's basically what exactly. they're trying to yes. be. So, with one person, doesn't make any sense. With the powerhouse name, though, you know where I would go with that is I'd keep powerhouse hops because I kind of like it, it rings, right? It rolls off the tongue pretty easy. Powerhouse hops, right? I would do the bench pressing in the front yard with, you know, with his big coat on. Yeah, and he's fucking, yeah, right. pounds, yeah. And he's the fucking strongest guy in the world. And he fucking knows it. Yeah. Every time it. Cutie Marshall is like running down the agenda for the day, he's just over here like curling gigantic yes. fucking barbells. And he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. He's like, when do we eat? Right. Like, like, mm-hmm. like, like he's just not like, whatever. Right. A yes. powerhouse. I'm going to fucking just, I, I put the brick wall in front of me and I'll break it. Yes. That's where I think he needs to go more than Atlas. It's Chris Masters. Jeffrey Sill says Hobbs needs to be like Ron Simmons, spine busting and damning everyone. A little bit cooler than Ron Simmons. I like cooler. Ron Simmons. Yeah. Ron Simmons, though, is like your mean uncle. I want Powerhouse Hobbs yeah. to be your cool cousin that says, hey, we got to go outside. Yeah, for a not walk. like Ron Simmons, where you wonder, like, I bet that guy voted for Trump. I don't know. 
No, nah, not that part. <laughs> right. But like Ron Simmons is the one who disciplines you, yes, right? Yes, right. You go to the family cookout and you fucked up in school, he's yeah. going to be the one that So has this is what he's saying. He said Hobbs should be the Debo of AEW. And I like that idea. And then that's where the QTV folks are like, kind of the entourage where like, like they don't, they're not fooling Hobbs into making him think like you need us. It's just that Hobbs like realizes, hey, it's easier if like, you can carry the fucking lead pipe and I don't get caught with it, right? Like, you can fucking, right? Like, you can go in there and scope out and make sure there's nobody in there for me. You take the ass beating, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, again, he squashes Silas Young, which Silas Young is a pretty good wrestler, so that sucks. A pretty decent name on the things like the NWA circuit and that kind of stuff. I I was surprised by that one. I thought we'd get a little more action. That was a straight-up five moves of doom. Yeah, and so... After the match, they're going to beat him up more. But then the uh, video up on the big screen shows uh, good old Wardlow. And he has uh, seen, apparently, now Powerhouse Hobbs has this great car that we never heard about until 10 minutes before the match. And Wardlow ruins it. And it's fine. And it's fun. (laughs) But I'm just going to say this. I just... Wardlow ain't it, guys. Wardlow's I don't know not what it. it is. Like I didn't. I like again. Like they pulled this segment off fine, but I just it's time to retire the the trash is somebody's car segment in all of pro wrestling for a while, right? Like unless it's part of somebody's gimmick specifically, right? Yes, that's the part. Is if you're gonna tell me this one person is tied to this vehicle, and that's told over right. months. And then the vehicle's ruined? Yeah, fine. You got me. But 10 minutes before, he got this cool car. Get the fuck out. We've discussed this too. Why I don't care about that is that, like, I I, I am to believe they're rich, and he's going to get another one anyway. So even if I don't like the guy... It's not really hurting him that bad. It's just ruining his evening. Uh, yeah. And if I do like the guy and a heel's doing it to him, I also am like, I'm not sympathetic that your fucking multi-hundred-thousand-dollar car got crashed when I had to take a fucking six-year loan out to get a fucking half price. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck, yeah, man. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, Ron Simmons is the uncle who will give a sip of his cognac. Now, that's that's that sounds accurate. Jeffrey Sills, by the way, our beer sponsor of the week, is so awesome. I heard his sweat smells like fresh popcorn. Wow, that's pretty good. That is, right? Yeah. yeah. I heard that his sweat has been bottled for uh, cologne and it's nationally sold in retail stores near you. He says, how dare Wardlow destroy my high school car? I mean, you see how cool Jeffrey Sills is? Mm-hmm. Kind of jealous, hey, if I'm being honest. let's talk about two guys who aren't fucking cool. Switchblade Jay White <laughs> and Juice Robinson are after this. And <sighs> look, I have tried... Uh, quick side quest here because i want to be transparent with the audience and i want to be transparent with you tim i'm really putting some effort into growing this podcast to a more casual wider audience than we've ever had before with that i need to bite my tongue and be less harsh on certain things i say i don't know skip bayless makes a lot of money if i can but Skip Bayless isn't calling people cunts, right? That's what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? Not on screen, probably, right? Not yeah. on screen. <laughs> He's not on screen, right? Yeah. However, 
These two fucking guys. <laughs> These two cunts. <laughs> I mean, they're fucking nerds. Yeah. So, all right. My thought, and and I forgot that this came my mind out because I wanted to write it down and remember it, is what I this bullet club thing. They keep pushing this bullet club thing, and I'm getting really tired of thinking that like. I have to keep praising these guys who had to run halfway around the world to find a place where people would think they're fucking cool. Like, I don't fucking want to hear about them anymore. Like, I'm just done. I'm done. Well, and and to that point, (laughs) if you're going to call yourselves, and this is what they called themselves, uh, the greatest era of Bullet Club, Mm. Bullet Club Gold. Well, then just call yourself something else. Bullet Club Gold sounds like it's like, like, the sounds of AM gold, like the old infomercials you would catch when you're home. It sounds sick. like something. Yeah, it sounds like something uh, Jeff Jarrett would sell you. <laughs> Bullet you know club what I mean? gold. So yeah. this reminds me of a fun story when I was a uh, you know a young man, fresh out of high school, hanging out in a college town. You know, maybe maybe not doing some drugs and drinking. Uh, I was renting a room, right, a room of a of an old house where you in, like seven guys individually rented a room, right. And uh, the guy who was renting it to us, his name was Miles Funk. And I was like, okay. And and he was Niles like, Niles Plonk? Miles Funk. Oh, Funk. I thought you said the no, wrestler not Niles, Niles Plonk. No, Miles Funk. And uh, the room I was renting, as he wrote on the contract as I'm staring at it, because it had gold shag carpeting, he listed it as Funk Manor Gold Room. And I was like, Hey, can I put that on a plaque outside my fucking door? <laughs> he had no clue, like what I'm asking here. And I was like, I was like, I live in the coolest fucking place in town. What are you talking about? It's <laughs> like I would tell everybody that I was like, oh yeah, you want to come on over to Funk Manor Gold Room? Fucking hang Funk out for Manor the night. Room, a lot of baby. shit goes down in the Gold Room of Funk Manor, baby. Yeah. Yes. Um, I but I just I don't it, look. One thing that I have said that I would like to see in pro wrestling mm. is lineage of factions correct i do like that because for example in real culture there are crips and blood gangs across this country that go back generations right the leader now's uncle was the right hand man in the 80s you know what i'm saying yeah and so this idea that it can it can keep going i'm not against what i am against though is well, now that I'm in charge, I'm calling it elite. Well, now that I'm in charge, I'm calling it gold. Well, then you're not calling it Bullet Club anymore. You're yeah. just calling it your fucking thing. And, so break up. Well, and Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says, I like Jay White. This promo should have been done last week after beating up Ricky, not a week later on vignette. And I, I mean, Jay White's fine, I guess. I, I really, yeah, I'm not a big fan, but I'm also not really sold on this Juice Robinson. He. Makes me feel like the NXT Bo Dallas character never stopped and just got worse, right? Like, and I just, I don't want it. I don't want it. He feels, yeah, he feels like a Royd Rage Bo Dallas. Yeah. That sounds like Dalton Castle. That's the thing I can't get over. And that's just me. It's like like Bo Dallas feels like the annoying nerd who suddenly made like the football team and all of a sudden is in the cool crowd but is still not likable, has no redeeming qualities, but thinks he's, you know, untouchable because now he's got friends that'll fight for him, like that guy. Well, yeah, it's the guy that scored the winning touchdown to get you to the championship, so you appreciate what he did, but don't fucking hang out with me because I still don't like you. You know what I mean? It's that that kind of thing. But with Now, again, they're heels, so I mean, like, you know. 
but boo that. They? But hold but, <laughs> on, are they? Because everyone that I've fucking seen has told me how fucking cool they are. Yeah, like like we got to wear Bullet Club shirts like it's the NWO. Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's what I'll say: Juice Robinson is corny as shit. I don't like the he's balding, but he wants to keep long hair. The roided out fucking veins always on wet. his abs. Yeah, he's always wet. He sounds stupid. No offense, Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle, you're amazing. Um, he never really makes any coherent sense, which can be fun, but it's not fun for him. And then Jay White. This is what I'll say about Jay White. I have paid attention to him. I have known of him. I am mm-hmm. not going to say I'm an expert that I've ever like paid attention from when he was a young boy to then the NWJ or NJPW champion. Fuck that. I've never done that. However, I've seen some of his matches. I've seen some of his promos. And like we mentioned before. Can't write the Wikipedia article, but. But he's been a part of the Forbidden Door. Sure. So we've seen him in AEW. Yes. I also remember in AEW, in the press conference, which is a whole different topic, but in the press conference, he just ran down everyone because his championship fell and this wasn't good enough and he doesn't like your questions. And it's like, so you're just a less famous, more bitchy CM Punk? I don't need that shit here. Like, go fuck yourself. So, yeah. like, both of them can... Well, I also just don't get... So, even if... On some porcupines. Even if I knew nothing of the Bullet Club and, and the Elite, I mean, I guess we know what the Elite is, but that there was a tie to that. Like, if I'd never heard that name, just seeing these two guys be like, we're Bullet Club Gold, I don't get the feel that, like, there's a spot for them on the card to do anything meaningful with this. You know what I mean? Like, what what feud are they going to get in here? Oh, Jesus. Know. Oh, God. You know it's going to that. They're going to tag team match with the Young Bucks. They're yeah. Gonna, mm-hmm. Oh, man, we're all together. They're going to go after Kenny Omega at some point. But then they're going to join, and then there's going to be infighting, just like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, and it's going to be like, guys? Oh, yeah, somebody's going to turn, be friends, and they'll fucking But then they're going to have pew, pew, the, finger guns. But then they're going to have, like like they just fucking said, Bullet Club Gold and then Bullet Club Elite, but we're all Bullet Club. So now we had the, the Young Bullet Buck Brothers Club, right? But now it's like the Young Bullet Elite Buck Brothers Gold Club. Mm-hmm. Pew, pew. It's just, I just. The original Young Bullet Buck Brothers Gold Elite Club. That's yeah, the show title. Jay White. <laughs> <laughs> Jay White just seems like a curmudgeon, which, look, I am as well, so I'm not trying to say, like... Jay White feels like an angry middle school math teacher who's angry because he didn't get selected for the vice principal promotion. One million percent. One Which is not percent. like Jeffrey Sills, our beer sponsor of the week. Jeffrey Sills, in a world full of bagels, Jeffrey Sills is a donut. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like both. Of I those, like but bagels, yes. but if yeah. you had a world full of bagels, donut, it's fucking amazing. Well, you know what he really is mm. in a world filled of Rick Steiner's. He's Nick fucking he's Nick Gage. fucking Gage. Yeah, that's what he is. Right. All right. So let's move on. Uh, we get our second championship match. It is challenger Buddy Matthews of the House of Black taking on. A very prone, a very beat up, a very on his last string, Orange Cassidy, AEW International Champion. And boy, they went after it in this one, didn't they? Yeah, the AEW International Champion, which is different from the AEW World 
heavyweight champion. Those are two different things. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy, Buddy Matthews, that's what we call him now. Mm-hmm. This was fine. I like this, right? I, again, I, I've said this a bunch that, like, Orange Cassidy does largely the same thing, so it's kind of up to the other person to kind of make the match different. But I don't think that necessarily happened here because we added this little wrinkle of the hand injury, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was good for storytelling, but I do think we're we're kind of nearing the spot of like, all right, so what do we do with Orange Cassidy now, right? We, well, title reign's got to end here or something. Does he move on or do we just, thanks for the run, we'll come back to you? But, like, what do we do here? But that's the thing that I think is interesting is if you take a pause and you look back, Jesus Christ, this is probably the best run in AEW history. Like, he's beaten every All fucking person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so this is where, if you want to get crazy with it, I'll grab the pen as I Mm -hmm. trademark do. If you want to get crazy with it, what you could possibly have fun doing is he keeps beating all of these mid carters, right? So let's just say he goes on a house of black run and he beats Brody King and beats Aleister Black. Well, then let's just hypothetically say storylines aside, because we're just going to talk about the top talent. John Moxley looks over and is like, well, I want that. He's beaten everyone. I think I, you know, and now you're getting top stars to come, not come down, but come after the international championship. That's what I would I don't do. Don't hate that idea. And yeah. again, I'm, I know that Moxley's involved with all this other stuff. I'm just saying theoretically. Yeah, but the no, there's no guys. reason you couldn't get like a, a Claudio to have a run with the international Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Yeah, you could do all of that kind of stuff. You could have a hangman run with it at some point. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could yeah. definitely do those kinds or, of Or... Or you elevate it to the status of almost world championship, similar to like when RVD was your TV champion and he was really the champion, but then Taz was your heavyweight champion. You know what I mean? You could find a way where your international title becomes your second title and the TNT title is de facto your third, right? Right. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And I think the more and more he wins – you know, in this way, he retained with uh, with uh, that that mousetrap pin. Um, maybe you say like this is the streak almost, and who's gonna beat Orange Cassidy for the championship? So Orange Cassidy, according to Jeffrey Sills here, says Orange Cassidy is gonna be the champ until he fights Takeshita or Bandito. I could see them having Takeshita beat Orange Cassidy for the international championship. I would then see the international championship losing a lot of steam. I don't yeah. think Takeshita's it, guys. Like, I think well, he's, he's a, like, again, when you watch, if you just put Takeshita match in front of somebody, you go, man, that guy's an athletic specimen. Mm-hmm. He's good. He's got a lot of future in him, maybe. But, like, I just, I don't know. Again, I think you're dealing with a lot of limitations here that we're Americans watching this product, but you know? Can I can I interest you in this? Ooh. We have seen a lot of conversations started this way, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> between you and I. We have we have seen a flirtation, platonic, obviously, between Don Callis mm. and Takeshta. So if I tell you Takeshta is the champion, With but Don Callis Don is Callis? doing all the shit. Okay, I'm sold. Keeping some steam. You tell you me Don I mean? Callis is gonna be involved, and I'm pretty much sold. Jeffrey Sill says because that belt is the international championship and should be defended abroad. And I get that. I understand that. 
Yeah. Uh, so well, Orange Cassidy you know, can do that. But Orange Cassidy can do that. So could like a Moxley, and so could a you know a Hangman, and all these people that we talk. Anybody mm-hmm. could. I mean, anybody yeah. could. And yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, so maybe you get stars from international promotions to hold it for a while, but then, then you're using it as a brand awareness title kind of thing, 24 seven championship, right? Where you're just trying to hope people in Japan, whenever who has the AW international championship, they're going, well, I should check out this AEW, right? That's what you're hoping for. We will lose sight of it on out of US sight, out television. Of mind. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. However, I still think there is value in that where domestically you can send them to an AA or uh, what's the show that J- Justin goes to the uh, up there in Cleveland? Oh, it's a, all something. That one. That one. But if you had Orange Cassidy defend the international championship there, and if you had him go to uh, Hollywood Absolute intense wrestling. wrestling. AIW, that sounds yeah. right. But you get what I'm saying? Like domestically, you could do that with the championship as well. So anyhow, yeah. that's just an idea. All right. Hey, so after that, again, Orange Cassidy wins by pinfall with the uh, mouse trap. We get backstage and we go to hell, Tim. We go straight to hell. And who do we see there? Dinosaur we Kane. We see Christian <laughs> yeah. Cage yes. and Dinosaur Kane Luchasaurus. What are you making of this? Where are they going? I like the idea of of the old school way of we're just doing a few quick vignettes for several weeks, right? A lot of quick teasers. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. So I, I like what we've done here where, you know, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, Christian looks back and then, then the dinosaur appears. And now... Dinosaurs walking with him, but he's like, things have changed, right? And and I like that. I think we're going to need to get something a little more next week. And uh, I, I I don't hate the idea of Luchikanosaurus with Christian leading him as this devilish uh, Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan type approach, right? But where is he focused? Where, if you had the pencil, you had the pen, because we write in pen in 2023, where is he focused? Where is he going? Well... It's a little too early for this, but I'd have him waste Wardlow, right? Like have him in, right? Like just fucking we're done with the Wardlow idea because that ain't happening, right? So I'm beat up a big dude, quote unquote big dude. But like their first, I mean, so, I mean, you know, that could be a good first one, but that's not available right now. So, Mm -hmm. ah, who's a mid card? You think Orange Cassidy International Championship? Yeah, you did say that before, I think, didn't you? And this is yeah. perfect because if he's on fumes, right? He's out of gas running on fumes. Then Luchasaurus easily dispatches of him. Christian Cage looks like the brain, you know, the brains of the whole operation because look who he identified as the weak link. And then, well, and then we don't have to Callis. have Luchasaurus chasing after all these faces. It's people trying yep. to win that title and, and Christian, Christian Cage. the devil and the big red dinosaur, as Jeffrey Sills says here, Christian and Clifford here are are just you know an insurmountable what's the word obstacle. Yeah. So uh, yeah, book it, book it, give book Tom it. the pencil. Uh, all right, so we go to break. We come back, and Renee Paquette is with the best friends, and Trent Beretta says Orange Cassidy's hand is fine, and he's defending the title every week, and on this run of a lifetime. 
and he's making the boys jealous. Mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor says, yeah, man, we're getting jealous. Hey, Ozzy Open, we saw that you're the New Japan champs Friday on Rampage. Uh, let's let's have a wrestle. Yeah. So let's kick we'll balls. See how that goes. Right? Let's fucking yeah. let's mix it up. And then, yeah. And so that happens. We'll see that on Rampage Friday night. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday if you're listening later. So we don't know what the hell happens. And we don't watch spoilers or look at spoilers. All right, so then we go back into the ring, and this was the most confusing fucking segment in recent memory of AEW that I can think of. All ego Ethan Page is in the ring. Mike in hand. And he says, Ethan Page and the firm had a bit of a rough patch, and that rough patch uh, was highlighted by Matt Hardy cracking him over the head with the FTW championship. Hook beat him, uh, and then obviously Hook beat the crap out of Stokely Hathaway, and he's still injured. So then Matt Hardy walks out and he's like, you didn't read the fine print. The fine print said, if you lost a hook, then we're out of our contract. So let's just stop there. Then they're out of the fucking contract. However, Hardy then says, how about, it's a it's a tag match, right? Is that what they say? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Is it a trios or it's a tag? I think it's a tag. Yeah. I think it's a uh, healthy private party and Matt Hardy versus. Uh, is it Ethan private Page. or is it party? Whatever. Yeah. Um. So it's them. Yeah. And they're walking to the ring because Ethan Page is in the ring by himself. It's private and half he a goes, party. Private half a party. There you go. I like yeah. private half a party. And he goes, hey, uh, I'm not the only member. Me and Stokely are not the only members of the firm. And here comes Morrissey and Lee Moriarty. And they're beating the shit out of him, which then brings out Hook. And Hook is like, yeah, motherfuckers. But Hook bites off a little bit more than he can chew. And he tries to give a T-bone suplex to Morrissey, which then gets blocked by Ethan Page. And now the three of them, Hook, Matt Hardy, half a private party, are getting beat up by the firm. And Jeff Hardy's back. Yeah. And Jeff Hardy clears the ring. So Jeff Hardy's back, Tim. First off, before we get to Jeff Hardy, what the fuck did they think with this stipulation? But then let's do another stipulation with the... What the so, fuck are they doing, What confused man? me first was Ethan Page. He legitimately asked the question. He's like, why would Matt Hardy betray me? The whole gimmick has been that you're holding him against his will by owning his contract. There's no why. You know, you don't wonder. But here, here's, here's where I'll say AEW has failed. And it pains me to say that because I really do like AEW. But they have failed in this department. Because if you go back to when we went to AEW, uh, AEW Elevation was taped before Dynamite started. And if you recall, Tim, the whole premise of their trios match with half a private party, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page, was that Ethan Page was sad and Matt Hardy and half a private party made him happy and regained his confidence in pro wrestling, right? Yeah. So the story was told on your YouTube shows that Matt Hardy and half a private party and Ethan Page are becoming friends. However, on Dynamite, 
which is what your audience is primarily watching, you've told us Matt Hardy and Private Party are being held against their will. So that's where the disconnect comes of right. when Ethan Page says, well, why would it happen? It's like, we would know those if we watched the fucking YouTube show that are eight hours long. For clarification, I needed to be private half a party as opposed to half a private party. It's private half a party. So then we can move him into like a GI bro gimmick where he's private half a party. <laughs> we'll oh, I was thinking him. half a private party because nope. then it's like, here's where everyone is like having fun yeah. and then they're in a closet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's the private party. party. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Over there. Well, that's so, why it's the anyway. private half a party. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. So now with that aside, Let's get into Jeff Hardy. We get all the fun. Swanton bombs for everyone. And the Hardys are back. Hey, listen, I'm going to need, I feel like, to support viewing this, some sort of assurance that Jeff Hardy is not driving himself anymore. I mean, otherwise, I feel like we're putting people in danger by having him hit the road here. I feel like it's insanity where we said like, no, this time it'll work. And it's like, no, it fucking won't. Like, no, it fucking won't. Well, and and, and to be clear, change. you know, you said this a lot about Scott Hall, right? One, my favorite wrestler of all time, recently passed and struggled with addiction issues a long time of his life due, due primarily to trauma he'd experienced, which may be the same case here with Jeff Hardy. <clears throat> I, I don't say any of this to demean them or to or to say anything bad about Jeff Hardy. This is nope. an illness. This is a sickness. This is a disease. And he struggles with it and he will have relapses. That's what happened with Scott Hall several times. That's what happened mm -hmm. with a, a family members I've had that have died from these kind of diseases. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. But like, I got to feel like I got to be able to trust AW is making sure that he's not a danger to himself and others. That's the whole point. Yeah. I am no way saying well fuck jeff hardy's back in this well look let me side quest dude i'm a trauma yeah. or two away from being in their shoes you know what i mean we all are right like well, i don't mean to say anything negative about the guy well hold on i kind of do because side quest huh. like we're not i'm not a hardy's boy fan right so yeah. like seeing the hardy's boy were not reunite regardless if they were healthy or unhealthy like i don't want to see it right yeah, like right. the hardy yeah, boys yeah. peaked when it. they came back to wwe that one time at wrestlemania I don't want to see him ever again. That aside from a storyline perspective, personally, I have nothing against Jeff Hardy. You know, I don't even have sports hate, as I've said multiple right. times on the show towards Jeff Hardy. I just don't, I just don't care for him. Right. Um, but to your point, yeah. If we're just going to say like this time it's going to work and we've changed nothing that AEW needs a little bit of backlash against them because Jeff Hardy has proven outsider's perspective here that he can't do this on his own. He won't make the right, right choice every time. So that's when it's on your employer in this regard, because wrestling is a completely different animal where they have to make some decisions on behalf of Jeff Hardy's well-being. Yeah. And so if they're not, that's when I'm pissed yeah. off. That's when it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Well, Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, I think John Moxley can help Jeff out a lot with sobriety. And, and I mean, that's possible, but I have no idea what the relationship is. Or And sometimes you can be willing to help, but if somebody's yeah, not and, willing to receive the help. And I think, I mean, right. Jeff Hardy's been through multiple of the rehabs and things like that. And I'm not saying that, like, 
I mean, this time he could really be trying. People could really be trying every time. Plenty and of stumble times. and fall, right? Like I've known people who have, you know what I mean? Like who oh. who have desperately wanted to not make the wrong choice mm-hmm. and made mm-hmm. the wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why this is uh, expectations are a little bit tempered when Hardy came back because it was fun in the moment. However, we already kind of did this once, but then also on top of that man, what the fuck are we doing, yeah. right? So, In lighter news, uh, I want to point out Jeffrey Sills, our beer sponsor of the week, uh, because we're getting in heavy conversation, so I'm going to spark up a little bit and talk about how great somebody is as opposed to maybe a negative thing. And Jeffrey Sills is so great that he knows all of the secret handshakes. All of them. Anywhere. Everywhere. He's, all of them. He's the, yeah, Jeffrey Sills is the life of the party of parties he's not even at. There's never a party that's half a party when Jeffrey Sills is there. It's a whole and a half a party. Whole ass party. It's a whole and a half party. <laughs> 1. Right. 1.5 parties everywhere Jeffrey Sills goes. So after that, we get a recap of Brian Danielson stabbing Hangman in the damn eye with a screwdriver. Son of a bitch. And then <laughs> what an evil fuck. Om- yeah, what a bastard. God. To the Hangman, you piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Kenny Omega sends a video promo and he's sitting in his living room. Side note. Did you catch that Don Callis and his painting is still <laughs> yeah, up? Yes. Love that. Love detail. that painting. <laughs> yeah. And can we buy he, that painting? Like let's no, I, they got a t-shirt of it. So maybe not, but um, he thanks the fans. He thanks the doctor. We commissioned Rob Schamberger to make. He ain't going to do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, hey, we get it. Blackpool Combat Club, they're coming after us now. That's part of wrestling. It's always been a part of wrestling. But you sons of bitches, when you put your hands on Don Callis, you made it personal, which gives you a little bit into the psyche of Kenny Omega, right? Don Callis is a father figure to him. It's not just some pal and, oh, shit, you hit him. It's, it's someone that really means something to him. And he says, the next time I see you, it's not going to be blood for blood. It's going to be something much worse. Yeah. You know, with this Kenny Omega promo, I was a little impressed because for the first time in AW, I feel like this is a Kenny Omega promo that put aside all the like, yeah, yeah, listen, I know I act this way and I'm all fucking jazz hands over here and smell my dick, but you fucking pissed me off now, right? Mm-hmm. Like now it's time square up, no fucking fancy intro in fact i would like if if maybe on this intro we didn't do the whole fucking north can like let's get a like hey no i'm ready to fight kenny omega right yeah uh, out now kenny omega don't kenny say omega. his way yep. don't say anything just yep. kenny omega yeah that'd be cool that'd be a cool detail yeah, justin Rump was just like he looks at the card and he's like ladies and gentlemen kenny omega right and just fucking like you know and he just fucking comes running out and just fucking mm-hmm. hammer fist and so then after that, we get Blackpool Combat Club, and they're taking on Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. And this was fun. I will say that. This this was really great on the elite. Yeah. Cutler and Nakazawa here. Yeah. With them trying their fucking hardest. And the Blackpool Combat Club, which is Claudio and John Moxley uh, in this case, not even breaking a fucking sweat. For a hot second, yeah. I believe, Tom. For a hot second, I thought we were getting our Cutler moment. Right? When he got the hot tag, he started throwing some hands, and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. 
B. Randon is getting ready to th- oh there it goes yeah. <laughs> and it was done <laughs> i mean this john moxley that is a sadistic fuck he was biting the fucking head of cutler which was then bleeding into the fucking face you know thing that we- he has and trapping it in his fucking eye you know what we missed earlier was darby allen bit the socked foot <laughs> of swerve yeah. in the match yeah. Halfway through a wrestling match, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? But man, probably on his third spot. town on a on a tour. <laughs> that was the most hardcore spot of the year. Those socks, at best, have been hand washed in a motel bathroom. <laughs> God damn, not cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Rick back Knox, to what we were. Yeah. yeah, Rick Knox saw enough. There was uh-huh. no pin. There was no submission because, to their credit, Cutler and Nakazawa didn't quit. Uh, the ref just said, "Fuck this shit. I, I'm uncomfortable. We're done. Bye bye. You're done. gonna kill these motherfuckers. Stop the match." So, by referee stoppage, uh, the Blackpool Combat Club wins. And then John Moxley grabs the mic, and this is where I love John Moxley. Mm. He's oh, you pieces of shit. Oh, who's gonna come out of here? Hangman's in the hospital. Don Callis is in the hospital. Fuck you. You got they got glass jaws. They're babies. Fuck them. Fuck them. Which is <laughs> really fun. And then out comes Penny fucking Omega. Dark hair, no shirt which got probably a large portion of the AEW crowd hot and bothered, which credit to Kenny for doing that. And then a smile comes on his face and he's like, oh, you motherfuckers. And here comes the dorks. A young bucks walk out from behind and they super kick. And we're super kicking and super kick. I got Jordan's on. Pew, pew. I got Travis Scott's on. Yeah. Isn't that something that makes yeah. my personality? I've these got guys shoes. Are, these guys are Bullet Club bronze. Is that right? Something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Silver? I don't so, know. So they're doing all their shit, and it ends with Kenny Omega trying to take a fucking uh, screwdriver to John Moxley's head, but John Moxley gets pulled out. Here's a couple questions I have. Eight inches. One. Okay. Yeah. That's just glaring. And I get it because numbers, it needed to make sense from like, uh, eh. but where the fuck was Danielson this week? He loves these motherfuckers. Right. Loves them. Can't come this week. Loves them. Can't come this week, guys. But listen, I've only got 14 appearances left till the end of the year. (laughs) Yeah. Like, why weren't you there? So that didn't make I love you guys on days I'm being paid to be here. I mean, that's what really needs to be said. Cause what the fuck? Right. And then I understand hangman wasn't Brian Danielson is the absentee father of the bullet or the, uh, the Blackpool combat club. I'm you're onto something. Yeah. You're onto something. And then the other thing that I'll say is I understand Hangman was supposed to be in the hospital and hurt because, again, a screwdriver to his fucking face. But you were telling me in his lead up to the John Moxley match that he was showing up every week and the only thing fucking stopping him was the doctors and him getting revenge. So why wouldn't he been there this week? 
where's Hangman and Danielson? It made no fucking sense. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. And, uh, yeah. And last thing. And last thing that I'll say. And this is just a gripe that I've always had with pro wrestling. It's a pro wrestling trope that AEW plays into, that WWE probably established. And I'm not blaming anyone. It's just the dumbest fucking thing. Kenny Omega told us, next time I see you, it's not blood for blood. It's much worse. Well, then, motherfucker, they're five feet away from you. They're just down a level from the ring. Yeah. The best friends brought a chainsaw to a match one time. Like, you can't. Well, not that. (laughs) But the screwdriver you missed with, right? And Moxley got pulled out to the side. Fucking roll out of the ring. And go after him. Right. Like, this should, is that? that involves a pull apart. When somebody says, I'm fucking killing you. This is personal now. I ain't going to stop until you die. Oh, yeah. A then roll you have out to of make that. That has to come to fruition. Yeah. A roll out of the ring should never stop you. I know. People act like it's a magical barrier sometimes. I've in the never got it. like, I, again, I get we're doing a show here. Stage, it from, stage work, right? Like we don't have time to like put up a physical barrier, but like, it, yeah. Well, I get it from the the heels perspective, right? The heel rolls out, the heel's just gonna run. So the baby face makes the calculation of, I'm not gonna fucking chase that guy because I don't, it, it it won't get me anywhere, right? I understand that, right? If Bobby Lashley's in the ring, Miz rolls out, he knows that Miz is just gonna keep running. So Bobby Lashley says, "I'll get you next week," right? But in this case. You told me, Kenny Omega, you're going to fucking murder this guy, right. essentially. So then keep chasing him. Unscrew this guy's face from his skull. That's where, yeah, the, the, the like, oh, I stopped. There's ropes in front of me. That's get the fuck out of here. Jeffrey anyway. Sills says Kenny should have brought Rio with the pipe. Possibly. Speaking of Rio, though, mm. she's up next in against the, match- the female Blackpool Combat Club. Well, and Tim. Huh. We got back on track. There was a lot of things that happened in wrestling. WrestleMania, uh, Backlash WrestleMania is coming up. Raw after Mania. WWE uh, sold. WWE sold. We Shane got- McMahon ripped his quad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would pop Tom. <laughs> that will always make me laugh. A lot of, lot of oddball things happened this last week. Yeah, dynamite episodes uh, back to back has been very Battle good. of the Belts was thrown in Battle there. Battle of the Belts was happening. But we got back on track because so, right sense before of normalcy. the main event, right before yes. the main event, Tim, we got to say it. It's, it's time, time for, for the, the women. All right, well, what are they there? What? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> yeah, don't. Do it. Well, I mean, whatever you want, but make sure you want to do it. (laughs) So it is Rio and Sky Blue taking on the outcasts, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. And it happened. Yeah, we're stalling a little bit here. I like the outcast idea. But now, as I said, it just felt like we just saw the Blackpool Combat Club. So now let's do the female Blackpool Combat Club. They're mean and they're trying to hurt people. Fine. And but what is their goal? What like what are they after here? This was the most glaring tell that I've seen AEW do in their storytelling in quite some time. Yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, no. Finish your thought, and then we'll get back. Okay. (laughs) This is the most glaring tell 
that I've seen AEW do in, in recent uh, memory because uh, the outcast win by pinfall and then post-match the outcast spray the L on Rio and then they're going to triple power bomber. Jamie Hader comes out with her own music and it's just Jamie Hader. But then Dr. Britt Baker comes out with her own music. Dude, why aren't they Jason, hanging out together? Well, they've done it before. And now they're not, mm-hmm. which tells you. Yeah, we'll see. Britt Baker is the Hulk is Hogan. The next is the Hulk Hogan. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Uh, Book it, write it down, put it in stone. So Jeffrey Sills says, Big Boy and Andre 3000 are the only outcasts I acknowledge. Now, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not what I was laughing at before. What I was laughing at was we were talking like about that. the Shane McMahon quad rip. And he said he watched that video so many times, but the one of Vince popping both of his quads is funnier, which is hands down, of course, the right answer. <laughs> yes, because you get to see the shame in Vince's face. Well, and <laughs> and everybody in the ring not knowing what to do because you don't you don't see that happen and go, oh no, he ripped his quads, right? Like you don't you don't just think that immediately. So you're like. Already knowing Vince McMahon is the weirdest person you've ever met in your life, or probably like, why the why fuck is he sit- sitting? Why the fuck is he sitting down? What weird ass fucking thing does he think this is supposed to be doing? Right? Like they're probably like, why won't he just fucking stand up? Right? Like how long does it register them to realize? Oh no, he cannot stand up. Uh, and then they have to go into like audible and like no here Vince we're talking to you well and this just furthers our idea that like this is coming from the growth hormones in the chicken that they've been eating Um, because like there's no way you naturally rip both your quads just entering in the ring like that comes through some abuse of something (laughs) Uh, a two for one man you know what i mean like not even like trying to do some squats right like you weren't i'm stuck on the idea (laughs) no one knows what happened yeah like they just think he's choosing to sit down because he's a weird dude who comes up with gimmicks like the repo man With the fucking red rooster and shit. And they're like, Jesus Christ. It's fucking sit down boss hour now. <laughs> oh my God. I know he hates sneezes, but what the fuck is it? Yeah, what the fuck is this? Why won't he stand up? <laughs> fucking dork. You know that's going through the back of some of their minds. Like, what is this fucking crazy lunatic billionaire asshole doing now? If you were to hit pause on the situation and say, write down your 10 outcomes of what happened to Vince. Yeah, like if you did a Zach Morris pause right now. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. We need more quad rips in pro wrestling, apparently. It's two weeks in a row. We've got Tom speechless on quad rips. <laughs> rip all their quads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so hey i forgot actually, where we were tim, here well tim actually we're, we're uh, uh we got to the outcast but i forgot mm. we have a tweet the table did you know oh, that we had a tweet the table we do mm-hmm. going back to the elite so let's get back on track here yeah we went to the, the elite, i've got i've got so, the graphic here you talking yeah, about let's the, go, yeah yeah go ahead I'll put up bring it. at justin flora says i love the elite but they should have been off tv another week or two to continue to build their return tony khan needs to let things breathe Hashtag tweet the table. I agree. I agree in this specific example. I will say there have been times where he has let segments breathe a little too long. Swerve Strickland turning on Keith Lee. You know, there's been examples of it like, what the fuck are we doing? Let's just get to the end point because we all know what's going to happen here, right? I think this is a prime example of letting things breathe. Another example not necessarily with storytelling is the, we got to go to the next segment. Hey, like don't even see the celebration in the ring. We got a backstage segment of an interview. Like I also think those things need to breathe where, for example, one of your favorite matches in AEW or moments, I should say is when uh, Kazarian and Christopher Daniels were forced to break up because the young bucks beat them. (laughs) And we barely got a hug and we had to go to the next thing and we get the Christopher Daniels thing on BTE. You yeah. know what I mean? That promo like, was amazing and should have been right. delivered that, that night. Yep. In that moment. You know what I mean? And so like those are 1 million percent where he needs to let things breathe a little bit better. But I do agree with Justin on this where it would have been a little bit more like gut punch if you just saw the Blackpool Combat Club break the mask of Brandon Cutler or rip the headset of Nakazawa. You know what I mean? And that's the segment. Like, no Kenny Omega, no nothing. The, the video package was fine, but they're not there. I do agree. A couple weeks and then they come, you probably get a louder pop. I agree. Yep. All right. Uh, so we talked about the women. Um, again, I think the most obvious thing is that Britt Baker's the Hulk Hogan. So we'll see when that happens. And then we get to the main event and it is in the first time ever, Chris Jericho taking on limitless Keith Lee and Keith Lee. Check this motherfucker out. Now he's got a robe with a fucking cape. Yeah. Looks like a wizard. Motherfucking beast out here. X-Men beast. He's going to stop buying the just for men. Oh yeah. Fucking just letting it all hang out. He said, Vince going to tell me to do what? Fuck you. I'm going over to Tony Khan who doesn't give a shit what I look like. Be fat and old over here. And man, like, I'm not body shaming anyone. Not body shaming anyone. Yeah, I look like a fucking wet sleeping bag. Yeah, look at me. I'm like a yogurt with hair in it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I'll say this. The stretch marks on Keith Lee are getting more and more noticeable on the shoulders, on the sides. He had that bout with COVID that he even said, I'm not breaking medical, you know, information here. I'm just saying, I love Keith Lee. I think Mm -hmm. he has some unique presentation that i've never seen before especially from the black wrestling community who kind of gets pigeonholed and being crime time Mm -hmm. right but let's get him healthy before we're just shotgunning him into feuds. yeah the thing is like he's great in that standalone moment we can set him out there and the crowd chants the song and he 
shoulder block somebody into the 17th row. Like, all of mm-hmm. that's fun. I mean, why, when wouldn't it be? Yeah. But nothing ever beyond that has ever made any sort of difference, right? I, I The only thing I think I remember out of A.W. Keith Lee is that tag team feud with Swerve and Keith Lee against the Acclaimed, right? Anything else mm-hmm. has been forgettable to every extent. Well, that's from a storyline perspective. I'm saying more from a, hey, if we want to let Keith Lee be yeah. the bigger star, he's going to have to do shit, especially now that they're going on the road. If you're wanting him in that role, which I want him in that role, I want him to be, look, there's a million people I want to have as champion, one of which is Keith Lee. However, I don't want Keith Lee as a champion right now because when I see him on screen, it looks like he's not healthy enough to do that schedule. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. And on the other side of the ring, Chris Jericho isn't moving much better and is about 200 not 200, probably about 150 pounds lighter. Yeah. And so. Yeah. How does Sting look like he's in better shape than than these guys? Yeah. And look, Chris Jericho can work really good when he has someone that can run around. Keith Lee can work really good when he can have someone run around. So this match ends with Keith Lee losing because Swerve Strickland costs him the match, which again, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland's going to be good because Swerve can run around everywhere where Keith Lee just stands in the middle. And after Keith Lee lost, Adam Cole comes out to console him. And that match between Adam Cole and Chris Jericho will be good because Adam Cole can run everywhere where Chris Jericho stands in the middle. But this main event, even though they're awesome, kind of was molasses. Yeah, I felt the same. And it just, again, I don't felt like it led us anywhere until we got, you know, we got this as like a crossroads between the two storylines, uh, like you had mentioned there, right? So now we're going to do this. But I, I can't shake the or help but shake the feeling that, yes, it's that crossroads. We're going to have Adam Cole and Chris Jericho and Swerve and Keith Lee. And so in this moment, those kind of crossed. But I still feel like this Adam Cole, Keith Lee thing is due to swing itself back into in each time. other. Yeah, but I I think you could say the inverse of what we said about Keith Lee and AEW has happened with Adam Cole in AEW where he's gone smaller and he's gotten less, you know what I mean? Jack is Adam Cole. And so now both of them could stand to like to meet in the middle a little bit, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like cuz both of you have top level main event charisma, charisma. and sort of a presence about you. But when it comes to, like, look at these guys, you're like, right, for two different reasons. I agree. I agree. Again, not trying to body shame anyone. However. Again, I mean, yeah, you would say that about me if I walked out there, but it's also a reason you don't see me going out there and doing that. But but that's what I was going to say is one of the things about pro wrestling is your physical presentation. So it's, you know, it's like when people, if you go to the NBA, who are body shaming Zion Williamson for being too fat. It's not the saying he's fat. It's that saying you can't play NBA basketball because you're out of shape for that. Well, and that's the thing profession. Again, we all know, yes, we are aware, right? Pro wrestling is a staged performance, but again, the performance is one of people in a professional fighting league, right? 
And if we were casting a television show about people fighting in a professional league, we wouldn't get folks that look like they can't be in a professional fighting league because they're too fat or they're too skinny, right? Like mm. that that just wouldn't happen, right? Like it just so again, like yes, it's not real, but you have to act as if in some ways, right? And this is mm. one of those ways I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, my main concern from what I'm speaking about with Keith Lee is just I, I don't I don't want if we're gonna look he's in a main event spot with Chris Jericho he's gonna have a probably pretty good match with Keith or with uh, Swerve Strickland. However, I just don't want something to where we have to halt in the middle of a match because of some type of event. Right. So that's all I'll say. Now let's go to the storyline perspective of this. As mentioned, Chris Jericho, Adam Cole. Adam Cole essentially just did the same thing Chris Jericho did the week before where he looked at him, but he didn't actually look at him. Okay, fine. Now, Keith Lee lost this match because Swerve Strickland cost him the match. But who, again, storyline only, I'm saying. Who the fuck cares? Because I just saw him lose to a 150-pound guy to start the fucking show, and this 300-pounder going to eat him for lunch that's why you don't have swerve lose at the start of this show yeah fuck was this like and it was primed to even you know as you said you could have worked a thing where nobody loses but i feel like you could have even had he had two guys with him swerve could have cheated to win that match and darby doesn't look bad right like then mjf could come out making fun of him be like because you lost because you're a loser, even though like it was clear, like two guys came in and kicked him in the head, right? Like, like you're you're a douchebag, right? Like you could have done all of that instead or, of this thing where he just lost cleanly. What I would have done is you don't even have Swerve versus Darby Allen. You have Brian Cage versus Darby Allen, and then Darby Allen can beat Brian Cage, and then Swerve can do a tag match where it's Swerve and MJF. Versus Keith Lee yeah. and Darby Allen. Again, if you're running the smuggle entertainment, aren't you like sending your lackeys out to do the work? Send Brian Cage That's out there to get the beat. whole point. Why right. did the Kingpin lose in the first presentation of a new faction and then comes out and is like, he's a dastardly heel who could. No, he's not. He's a fucking loser. Again, storyline only. Yeah. I think he's the coolest person in wrestling. So, yeah. Yeah. That's how it left me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. But I love Swerve. I like that new shirt that he had that he was wearing out to the ring. I like this fucking mask thing that he's got going on. I think Brian, look, Prince Nana seems fun. And I don't really know too much about him because I'm not a Ring of Honor historian, although I'm still watching Ring of Honor and getting to be more familiar with it. However, fucking push that motherfucker to the side. Brian Cage and Swerve Strickland are fucking cool enough by themselves. Just right there. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea. Ebony uh, and Ivory just walking out to the ring, fucking buff and then athletic. That's yeah, all I You could have just even hired him as a bodyguard. Just Shawn Michaels so, and Diesel. I'm so famous with my music. Shawn Michaels and Diesel. Yep. You know what I mean? Just yep. right there. Yep. Yeah, I don't need all this. But I will say that fucking uh, uh, tag team, because I know that Brian Cage is in a six-man tag in Ring of Honor. He's the champion over there. That tag team's fucking cool, too. But I don't necessarily need it in AEW. Yeah. So, anyhow. 
that was AEW Dynamite. Well, speaking of not needing things in AEW, there's a rumor oh, going around. Oh, Tim. <laughs> You're going to hurt some people's feelings. There is a rumor going around, and normally we don't like to talk about rumors. We like to talk about what the on-screen product is and then kind of give some fantasy bookings or some ideas on what we could have done different. But Well, hold on. I want to say why yeah. we're saying this is because these rumblings, again, were seen because of suggested tweets, posts, fill in the blank. And then AW being fully online all of the fucking time, then decides to announce, hey guys, guess what? We're coming back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Coming yeah. back to Chicago. And so, Tim, let's fill them in on yeah. the details if they don't know what we're talking it, about it already. It sounds like conversations have begun to bring CM Punk back onto AEW television, <laughs> which if we were there at All Out and we watched the uh, the brawl out live as we were sitting in our chairs waiting on an <laughs> Uber. <laughs> at a stop sign next a, to a fucking main event. Yeah, yeah. Just sitting there waiting for hours, talking to people from other countries that were just stopping by talking to us. Trying uh, to buy our chairs. Trying to buy our chairs because we had floor seats because we're ballers. Um, he, so if you would have told me that, then I would have said probably never going to happen. You said all along, no, nah, it's probably going to happen because it's money, right? It's money when it happens. Money. And I disagree to the point just because I thought like it ain't money for me because I don't fucking like Bill Brooks which equals CM Punk. I know there's two different characters here, right? But, like, he tries as hard as he can to make those one and the same, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like there's a whole lot of difference between the two, right? Hey, he fought <laughs> in the UFC as CM as Punk. CM Punk. They, had, they yeah. announced him as CM Punk. Yeah. Anything he's ever said as CM Punk has been Phil Brooks speaking, if we're, mm-hmm. if we're somewhat being honest. There's a lot of things Phil Brooks and I agree on in life. I, I'm not going to oh. lie with that either. Like, I don't want to, like, act like he's the Political worst person stances. in the world. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that, but I just he I, needs to smoke weed. He needs to smoke a little weed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Phil, come on over, man. <laughs> look, I get <laughs> yeah. drug free and all that. I'm look. I get what your reason. Weed is not but... a drug, man. <laughs> right? Like we've we've talked about this in pop come culture. On, man. Like, come on down to Missouri, man. You can just walk yeah. right in. Right here. I tell you what, how nice. It theoretically is for somebody from another state where it's not legalized to just drive five minutes across the border and just get what you need. And Tim, mm. I'll tell you how fucking amazing it is to theoretically drive on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes to go the other five minutes the other way. And play sports bets sports bet. all fucking day long. Tom, I live five minutes away from the border. There is on the entrance ramp to the 435 closest to the missouri state line there is a line of cars almost daily just parked (laughs) on their fucking apps placing sports bets it's so funny there's nothing else around it's fucking wide open fields and just a bunch of cars especially on a fucking weekend on like a game day weekend God damn. God you damn. You see me twice. You mm-hmm. see me twice on there. Yeah. They literally get off the exit right after they cross the state line and just make their bets and fucking turn around and go home. Yes. Right. So back to the CM Punk. CM Punk, great. You're right. The story that they'll tell will be big wrestling news. 
and it'll be a big main event and people will watch. So I don't want to knock it for that. That is the point, right? So it's good business. I just kind of don't hate seeing bad things happen to Phil Brooks sometimes. So like seeing a good thing happen to him, it was kind of like, eh, whatever, right? Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so here, here's what I'll say. A couple things. First, this is why I hope our table nation supports us mm. because I want us to get to a point where Tim, you could pull that clip of me saying CM Punk's fucking coming back once the end. You said it pretty done. early. Yeah, you said it very I early. I said it the fucking day. Of yeah. <laughs> because I know what society we fucking live in in this hellhole of America. The next thing I'll say is it will be a massive, massive main event where if you're wanting to sell out a certain place that has thousands and thousands of seats, London, England, the O2 Arena, you might want to do the fucking match there. And then the third thing is what I'll say to the quote, quote unquote, haters like yourself and somewhat to a degree myself as well, is if you want to see bad things happen to CM Punk, the worst possible thing to happen to him is to be the sixth most athletic guy in a six-man match. Well, an even better suggestion comes from Jeffrey Sills, our beer sponsor of the week in the chat. He says, if you want to see bad things happen to Phil Brooks, just watch his UFC career. <laughs> well, yeah. the second fight. The yeah, first yeah. fight is uh, is excusable. <laughs> fucking uh, Mickey's pretty fucking good. But yeah. I tell you what, it might even be on this show. But I distinctly remember you telling me in the radio station when we were doing the show early on, when they finally announced Mickey Gall, you immediately were like, oh, man, they That's, fucked him. You were like, he's fucked. <laughs> you were like, oh, no. You were like, CM Punk's going to lose. You yeah. said that like the moment I could get it out of my lips. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Mickey Gall's jiu-jitsu is fucking very yeah. good, especially for someone who You weren't sleeping on Mickey this. Gall like everybody else was. You fucking. Well, look at fucking. Phil Brooks's punches and fucking looking like a goddamn third grader trying to color in a fucking coloring sheet. But to the haters, I mean, you guys will want this match because you want to see him lose. But not yeah. even, no, no, not that. They'll probably win the fucking match <laughs> yeah, because course. the elite will be like, oh, it's fine. We'll lose and we're still fine because we're EVPs and we're bigger than wrestling and all that stuff, which is, hey, good. I like people who are bigger than their characters and like, Chris Jericho, where it's like, lose or win. I don't fucking care, right? I, I like that. However, it's not going to be pretty when CM Punk gets in the ring. At 45, most likely, years old, and he was already two left feet, unla unathletic CM Punk in 2010. Guys, yeah. th th this is the myth about CM Punk that I would like to dispel now. And I'm not really shattering too many fucking uh, perspectives here, but I do want to make it clear. CM Punk, when we're talking about staying, the promo isn't at the top. It is at the top for CM Punk. It's one, two, and three. Because his fucking matches are not great. They're not great. I know you could tell me, oh, the, the trio match or the three matches that he had with Samoa Joe. 
But say that again. It's fucking Samoa Joe. Yeah, 25 Joe. years ago. <laughs> like, but it's also Samoa it's Joe. It's Samoa you know Joe, yeah. I can tell it has uh, had Samoa Joe in it. Jeffrey Sills says, best thing that can happen is CM Punk ripping his squad trying to keep up with Kenny. <laughs> that would be the cherry on the... Yeah, I would laugh at that quad rip like Tom has laughed at every other quad rip <laughs> in the history of this show. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I like Phil Brooks for the simple <laughs> fact that I relate to him. I think if me and him sat down and had a, a coffee, because we're not having yeah. a drink, I think we're agreeing on 95% of I how agree we with you. I also will respect an aspect of CM Punk that, that turns me off, people say. His, his approach to saying, yeah, fuck you about everything turns me off in many ways because it's like, yeah, but you're not always right. Like, you're mm -hmm. saying fuck off when you're wrong in clear instances. But, like... Hey man, I might have been accused of that a lot of times in my life as well. So like, I, I'll give him that credit. Like, I, I think you're right. Like, I, I personally don't know him, so I want to pause that. Right? Like, if we personally knew each other, I might appreciate him more than I do now. Right? But my like, I just his attitude has been like, I if you, if it's take it or leave it, I'm opting leave it. Yeah, my biggest criticism of Phil Brooks, not CM Punk, because I've very much enjoyed CM yeah. Punk on my TV screen. But my biggest criticism, and again, it's one and the same, but you get what I'm trying to say here. But my biggest criticism is, especially in the last 12 months, I know he's got enough feedback from many different sources that he can be hard to deal with. And it doesn't feel like he said, I he accepts hear you. It. Yeah. And let me try to do something different. That's the part. It's not even that. I would even appreciate more if a guy like that were to say, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. But it doesn't. I'm not changing. He goes so far into, I hear you, but you're fucking wrong. And you're wrong because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, mm -hmm. you can't even accept that you're an asshole and you're just going to be one. You're like, I'm not an asshole. I'm a great guy. You're the asshole. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Man. Now, again, if you're believing these tea leaves and reports from people who are just friends with other people backstage, which side note, let's get back. Uh, I'll get back on track here. But side note, one thing, though, did you catch that CM Punk did a couple weeks ago? Mm. He outed Chris Jericho. So when he said that whole rant on his uh, Instagram story yeah. about why John Moxley didn't want to lose to him, towards the end he goes, and Chris Jericho is a stooge and Melter knows nothing, which is telling you, you know how Dave Melter knows all this shit? Chris fucking Chris Jericho, Jericho is telling him. Because if you start to look at everything, when's the last time you saw Chris Jericho's difficult backstage or Chris Jericho save Sammy Guevara from suspension? Mm. Huh? How many fucking fights has Sammy Guevara been in that hasn't been suspended? Well, Jericho was one of the first to use the internet folks to his advantage 30 years ago, right? So Isn't maybe it's that been, suspicious? Maybe he's been tied in with Dave Meltzer this whole time. Isn't that suspicious? Which would have got Dave Meltzer plugged in more. Isn't uh, that suspicious? You found you I found the third gunman, Tom. I, you know, <laughs> back into the left. 
when you back when into you, the left, <laughs> when you audit, like when everything's about Moxley and then obviously dirt sheet reporters, and then you just throw in Chris Jericho. That told me something. Anyhow, yeah. uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so, um, yeah, the thing is, I hope now from what we're reading, it seems like maybe Stampunk has heard those criticisms and taken it to heart. We've heard, we've we've read headlines because I've never clicked on the reports of him saying he's willing to apologize to the locker room and to the elite and all this stuff. So hopefully, but at this point, the the biggest concern I have isn't his attitude. It's brother, you haven't made three consecutive pay-per-views without fucking ripping a bicep or ripping something else. Quad is coming next. (laughs) Quad is coming next. A quad is coming. (laughs) Fuck you, Vince. You piece of shit. All right, I think that's all we've got for this week. This has been a fun thing. We we are <gasps> urging all of you, A, watch us live on the YouTube streams, chat with us like Jeffrey Sills has been doing all night. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.substack.com. Subscribe. It's currently free to subscribe. You can pledge a support for future paywalls if you so wish because eventually that's where it's going to go because, hey, listen, man, we put a lot of time and effort into this and we're going to need some support back. You know what I'm saying? Caveat though, we're not breaking the bank. We're not going to be pretentious pricks that make you, we're just asking for keeping the lights on. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like we got to buy some softwares once in a while and shit. like. And we're going to give you content that's worth it. It's content, right? Content, content. So do that. And then, uh, like, and subscribe this video and tell your friend parentheses S and take care of them quads. (laughs) The Spanish announce table.